0: Hi everyone, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth and baby related, hoping to inspire, educate and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. For my yoga teacher friends who are interested in working with the pregnant population, Prenatal Yoga Center offers an 85-hour Yoga Alliance certified program based on our three-pronged theory of prenatal yoga, asana, education, and community. Once a year, we hold our three-month immersion program in New York City. For those who cannot attend this training, Caprice and I are now traveling to different locations holding our training at hosting studios where we will spend six days working together exploring and learning about prenatal yoga. This training consists of more than 50 hours working together. We also created a whole membership website with more than 20 videos corresponding directly to the manual you will receive. For more information, check out our website at prenatalyogacenter.com. Hope to work with you soon. Take care. Hi everyone, I'm Deb Blaschenberg and I'm your host for Yoga Birth Babies and today we're talking to Issa Herrera who is a physical therapist and we're going to talk a lot about social media and what we see on social media and is it really appropriate for the pregnant body and the postpartum body and Issa is quite the expert in this field so she's going to give us some fantastic insight. So let me tell you a little bit more about her. Isa Herrera is a licensed physical therapist and an expert in integrative pelvic floor therapies in the field of women's health. She developed her expertise in diagnosing and treating pelvic pain by helping over 14,000 women at her New York City-based healing center renew physical therapy since 2005. At her healing center, Issa pioneered the use of integrative modalities like my abdominal massage, low-level laser therapy, Reiki, sound healing, and Andean energy techniques with traditional evidence-based physical therapy in ways that had never been done. It has since become very mainstream to talk about integrative approaches, and Issa is proud to say she has been there in the trenches long before it was a hot topic. She is also the author of three books about pelvic pain and has lectured nationally on the topic of women's health. After suffering pelvic floor dysfunction herself after the birth of her daughter, Issa has made it her life's mission to help women and men overcome pelvic floor dysfunction and also to educate professionals on the right mix of evidence-based and integrative techniques to help patients achieve lifelong health and wellness. Isa, Isa recently launched her new online school, www.pelvicpainrelief.com, which is a state-of-the-art online education portal for patients and professionals seeking, active, accurate, integrative information about all things pelvic. Thank you, Isa. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate this. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here today, <laughs> I know, so I can't... excited to be on the on, on your podcast. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I know we've known each other for quite a while, so I'm so excited that I finally kind of, <laughs> we worked our schedules, we whittled it down to find a mutual time. So for even though I read about your bio, I'd love to hear a little more about you. What led you into the specific direction in your field?
1: I think, you know, I always tell everybody that if I had had the most amazing and perfect birth, and if I didn't have my own complications. I probably would have still been working and just treating and doing orthopedics, Mm -hmm. you know. But, you know, the old adage that says healer, heal yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And um, many of us in this profession go into it because we ourselves have experienced, you know, some sort of injury or we've been called to it. You know, I've always been called to it. I mean, I knew when I was three years old that I was going to be a doctor. Yeah, I mean, we have healers in my family, but it was always... I always, from that age, I knew that I was going to be in the healing profession. It was nothing like, it, there was nothing else for me to do, you know? Mm-hmm. So I ended up going to medical school, really hated that whole thing, and ended up leaving it, and then wandering around, for, I don't know, a couple of years trying to find myself, and then doing pre and postnatal um, fitness classes. That's how I started, you know? So I w- and and so I started organizing these classes. I mean, mind you, this was 20 years ago before anybody <laughs> was doing it, a long, long time ago. And then I went to the Reebok Club and I was the head trainer there. And then with working with all these women, I realized that I was limited in my um, in my education. So I decided to go back to PT school mm-hmm. to learn how to work with women. And when I get to PT school, there is nothing on it. <laughs> so that was quite the awakening for me when I realized, oh, wow, you know, here I am going to PT school and thinking that I was going to come out of there a women's health physical therapist, you know, and that wasn't the case. You know, I was pregnant at that time in PT school. Mm-hmm. So I always had that direction. And then after I had my baby, of course, you know, I had my own complications and I had to find a way to really heal myself from postpartum um pelvic pain and that's how I developed all my different kinds of courses and my and that's how my book came about, uh ending female pain because I wanted women who don't have access to this care. We're very lucky that we live in the tri state area and in New York. We do have access to wonderful yoga and, and pelvic physical therapy, but there are many women in many parts of the world that don't have this. So then I decided to write a book, uh any female pain for that. And then of course the pregnant women started coming, so then I started. I wrote a book, you know, ending pain in pregnancy. So it's been a journey, and I've really enjoyed. I've enjoyed it quite a bit, and um, I'm a big advocate for women, especially during pregnancy, because I really feel like if 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 we can get the women, um, everybody talks about pelvic floor physical therapy at the six week, and I'm always I'm a big advocate for that, as we know, other countries have that kind of routine care. But I'm a big advocate in getting pregnant women into the right course of exercise and physical therapy during the pregnancy so that we can maybe offset some of these complications that happen later with correct guidance you said it perfectly. Yeah. And it's so interesting. You're not the only one,
0: myself and others I've talked to that it's our own kind of bumps in the journey that led us to opening our eyes and to jumping in to help others. Uh, you mentioned that I know I had, as you, I don't know if you remember seeing me at like five weeks postpartum and I'm like, I "I am a rack, you know, and, and that that experience of having a really turbulent postpartum has completely changed how I practice and how I teach. And I know so many other people that are, Uh, helping women because they had issues themselves. So I find that that interesting that we all have that connection. So I want to talk a little bit about some of my favorite things, diastasis, because (laughs) I know having gone through that myself and having seen others, I think one of the things I want to talk about mainly about diastasis is I see, as I mentioned, all the social media stuff, and it's showing these women doing some, what I kind of consider a little bit crazy, for the be- lack of a better word, poses that, are co- that I think can cause damage to their body. And I think part of it is that we're often told, telling women, well, I don't, but a lot of people say, as long as it doesn't hurt or as long as it feels right, you can do it. But I don't think people know necessarily what they're doing to their body. You know, they don't necessarily feel it. So can you talk a little bit about what diastasis is and the importance of not overstretching the abdominals in the linea alba during pregnancy?
1: Sure. I mean, first of all, um, what we have to understand during pregnancy is that they're already they're already put under a lot of duress and stress, right? Mm-hmm. We have the growing baby, we have the uterus pushing up against the abdominal muscles, so they're already in a compromised situation. And the last thing we want to do during pregnancy is actually compromise them further. Um, so a diastasis is a separation of the two recti muscles. You know, the six pack muscle that everybody so. Always wants to achieve and get. <laughs> so it's a separation of that. And it's, it's, it's sort of like a vulnerability in the connective tissue. What a lot of people don't understand about the osteoid maybe they do, so I'm not, you know, I know we have a very wise audience here, is that that fascia and the abdominal fascia interdigitated with the pelvic floor, right? And also it supports the back muscles and it supports our organs. So when there's a diastasis recti, one of the things that the research shows is that it's been correlated with uh, sexual pain. It's been correlated with um, prolapse organs, uh, especially the bladder, of course, and the rectum. And it's also been um, back pain, pelvic girdle pain, of course, and also with stress incontinence. So, I mean, it has a big, you know, um, effect on the whole system, you know, so some people say, well, why, why, why do we make such a big deal about this? You know, and I say, well, I make a big deal about it. I think I was treating diastasis before it became like this new vogue, <laughs> you know. And I, I, I just, I, you know, when people are in my classes or when people are, when I trained physical therapists, the first thing that I had them do was that you must check the diastasis. And not just on women, on men also, because many times they, they also have a diastasis.
0: Okay. Yeah. So it is more important. I don't think people realize the effects like, okay, so my rectus abdominals don't come together. So what? But as you're saying, it really can affect the whole support of the pelvic floor and back. Oh, everything, everything. So what are some of the problems that you see arising from someone not modifying their yoga practice or physical activities when pregnant?
1: I mean, I have to tell you something. I see a lot of, I I see, You know, first of all, if you're pregnant, go to a prenatal class for the love of God (laughs) or for the love of yoga, let's say for the love of yoga. You know, I mean, I have some patients that come to me and they're pregnant and they're actually I mean, sometimes we don't believe that we're pregnant or we're super women or we feel that we have to have this sort of like I can do it all. I can maintain the status quo of my life. But, you know, actually, you really can't. Mm -hmm. You really have to modify your program. And so, you know, I I see a lot of injuries, a a lot of different types of injuries coming from people who don't modify their their yoga practice and who continue to partake in yoga that's not appropriate for them. So, I mean, I'll see things like uh, pubic symphysis, pain, uh, separation of the pubic bone. I'll see something like a pulled groin or um, sometimes a herniated disc. I see a lot of pelvic girdle pain, and and if they're in a regular yoga and you're not modifying it, then they're not stable, and the pelvis is not stable. So then sometimes they'll get pelvic girdle pain or SI joint pain. Yeah, we so, see
0: a lot of SI joint pain in class, and so we modify much, okay. for it because some of the poses can actually worsen it, and we don't want someone walking out worse, you know, feeling worse than when they came in.
1: That's for sure, and that's why I think if you're pregnant, that's why I send a lot of a lot of my patients to your classes. I really believe that it's really important to respect where we are in the in the stage of life that we're in you know like listen i'm not going to go to jivamukti if i end up in an emergency room you know <laughs> well,
0: what you know, about things like, like me. what about things like um i know i and i'm so guilty of this my first pregnancy i did i kind of blame my tough labor and birth because I was one of those women as much as I knew I had a really hard time following my own advice and I kept going to spin class and I'm convinced that caused a torque in the pelvic floor which created baby misalignment so spinning and bar class and what do you think of those type of things Do you think as long as they modify or do you think at some point the woman should steer away
1: from that what are your thoughts this is when I, is you know, it's very funny because today I saw three patients. Mm-hmm. And um, on Fridays, I try not to see anybody, but, you know, I was in Brooklyn. And all three patients doing spinning, doing bar, and doing something SLT, which I forgot what it is. It's a whole other new thing that's in business or um, um, what's the other one that's really CrossFit. Okay. And, you know, and I'm like, and she has vaginal pain and pelvic floor muscle dysfunction. And I'm like, well, you know, and she loves it. So, I'm trying to talk her out of it, but she, she doesn't want to. I said, listen, you need to heal. You need to get the tissues where they need to be. You need to be strong. And then, of course, I'm a firm believer that if you love something, you you should work your body back into it. But this woman was having nothing of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, what do I do? You know, I'm here I am. I'm, I'm stuck between, you know, a rock and a hard place. And I don't want to be so dogmatic. I try to be flexible, mm-hmm. you know, whenever I can. Sometimes I draw the line. And I just explained to her, and I went through the different poses in the class, and I said, well, show me what you're doing, you know? And and I hooked her up to bowel feedback, which I use sometimes, and I said, well, look what ha- what's happening to your pelvic floor right now. Do you think that your pelvic floor should be doing that when we're trying to heal it, and you can't have any penetrative sex because you're in a lot of pain? And she also has scar tissue from, you know— a perineal tear, and and so I really try to to say, listen, you know, this is what's actually happening, and I'm I wanna I wanna educate you on this, and then I'm gonna leave it up to you. But if I were you, I would take a break, and and I would just rehab my body and do something gentle like yoga, and then come back to bar, and then come back to whatever the cra- the the latest phase is that we need to get into, you know, so. I think it's appropriate for some people, but not for everybody. And if you are in a state of rehabilitation, then maybe we should rehabilitate the body and meet the body where it's at. You know, there's no point in forcing the body because during the postpartum period, we have this whole mind thing that we want to have our bodies back and we want to have the sleek looking abs and, you know, and. And I'm okay with that. And I say, great, let's do that. But let's do it in a way that makes sense. Let's do it in a way that you're not in pain after spinning. That your vagina is not so tight that your husband doesn't fit in there, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, where's the balance? And I was trying to explain to her about balance and harmony. And when do you listen to your body? And, and, and when do you, you know, she's obviously not listening to her body because if she were, she would know that she's is in too much pain after the class to do that class.
0: Well, that kind of brings me to the whole thing about listening to intuition. So I do see in you know, not in my classes because we don't do deep backbends or arm balances, but you know, I've gone into open level classes and I've seen again going back to the social media with the pregnant women, I have seen women doing these very deep backbends or arm balances and say it feels great. And they're often told by their care provider, just as long as it feels good to you. But what do you say to the practitioner that says it still feels great and she's trusting her intuition because would she actually feel the damage happening? Would she feel the diastasis, you know, the linea elbow losing its integrity? Uh, would she feel, I guess for certain things in pelvic floor, like you're saying she'd have pelvic floor pain, but do you think she would have the
1: feedback to stop these things or, or not? I don't know, I mean, I believe that a tissue that's compromised or has lost its integrity or is injured loses its ability to communicate with you correctly, so you either have to be super 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 like like intuitive and really understand, but there's intuitive and then there's um just biomechanics mm-hmm. biomechanical principles and what's safe and what isn't. So as long as you're following your intuition and at the same time you're coupling it with with what's right, then I'm okay with it. Listen, I have people that come to me and they're, you know, I say, demonstrate your handstand, right? And I'm looking at them and I'm going, and I'm going, holy mackerel. I'm like, you know, you don't even have a TA, man. You're collapsing and your <laughs> parascapulas are a mess. And, you're, and you, you know, I'm like, you can't do that. I said, what are you doing? And they said, but it feels good. I'm like, oh, it's going to feel good but you can't hold the position and you you're putting yourself in a situation where you might get injured. So I'm thinking okay, that's what you want to do? Let me tell you, let me give you these little baby exercises and I promise that if you do these little baby exercises and you start to sort of build the body, then you can go into those high level poses. Those high level poses are not for everybody. You know, they're certainly not for me. You know, I mean, I've had my issues. I mean, one time I I was doing a a, a Headstanding yoga, right? And and I'm, I use myself as this, okay? And I go in there because in those days, you know, it was all about my ego, my body, my body fat, you know, before I became evolved. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens, right? I hear something go, and I'm like, oh, shit, what's that, right? Oh, pardon my French. <laughs> I'm like, what's that? So I go to my orthopedic, who happens to be my friend, right? And I'm like, oh, wow, I think I, I did something to my rotator cuff, right? And he goes, no, he said, you actually sprained your neck. And I'm like, what? But I was holding the pose right. I was doing everything right. you know. But I wasn't prepared. I didn't have the strength and I didn't have the stamina to do that pose. And I got myself into trouble because I wasn't listening. I was going more with, like, I guess with my ego, Mm -hmm. you know? So I learned that lesson the hard way. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah Baby.
0: Damage happening. And that's something that really concerns me is that people thinking, oh, I'm just going to listen to my body, but your body may not be able to tell you so clearly. I definitely think there are times like lower back sacrum pain, but I think when it comes to things like the abdominal muscles and the pelvic floor, we don't always get that feedback. So, are there specific poses that you're seeing pregnant women? coming in that they've had injured themselves from our postpartum. Like I know there's a a lot of controversy about plank pose with
1: diastasis and with pregnant women doing it. What are your thoughts on that? I think that, um, I do, I do plank with pregnant women, but I train the TA first, Mm -hmm. right? So you can, the, the only way you can do a plank is if you have, if you know how to engage the transverse, if you have some some back strength and if you can hold a little bit of a baby or not a lot of gripping just you're creating sort of like a, a a lock between the circuits you know but i do i do modify plank i do like a, a box plank but that's if they don't have a diastasis if they have a diastasis i'm giving them restorative restorative poses restorative exercises like i may give them a a modified splinter head raise or i work through the ta or through a modified pump so um uh, am I answering your question? Yeah, I absolutely. No, no, no.
0: That's perfect because I, I think um, I must have talked to you about this years ago because we teach a modified plank with the knees down. And I remember you talking about giving a little pelvic floor work. So what I do when I teach half plank is I put a block between the thighs so that they can get a little squeeze the block to activate the pelvic floor without them thinking about really squeezing it. Um, yeah, that's and, perfect. And I think you called it one time like the pelvic girdle or something like, or something yeah. to that. We're giving some pelvic floor support and transverse abdominals and they're working together. Um, yeah. That's how I tend to teach half plank. I don't teach full plank in, in prenatal. And I also avoid it for um, in postnatal with moms with diastasis.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Because if they don't have that TA first and people get very frustrated when they see me, cause they're like, you know, why you give me these baby exercises? You know, I'm like this big guru. Um, you know, I treat a lot of <laughs> I mean, I treat a lot of people, OK, in New York and a lot of people, big time athletes and et cetera, very well known individuals. And, but look at me. I'm this. I'm teaching that. I'm the, the hot shot Pilates person or this and that. And I'm like, yeah, but you got no core and you have no strength and you're compromised. And so if I if I keep them on a T.A. for too long, they get a little crazy on me. But I'm like, trust me, you're going to be so much happier in the long run, you know, because it does take time to connect to these muscles and, and it does take time to rehab and and you know, if you're just doing it through exercise, of course you're gonna have some closure of the diastasis but you also need a little bit of manual work, you know, to really get the ribs back and to release the diaphragm and, you know, et cetera. There's a lot of things that you can do. So, you know, it, it, it's kinda like you start off gently and but then the power that comes with that is phenomenal. I mean phenomenal because then you know that you have a it's like tree post, right you have to have those strong roots right to hold the pose right Absolutely. so imagine yeah so imagine these exercises being sort of the, the the ground up you know building like that and i'm i'm big on on strong foundational principles uh that doesn't mean that I, they're not listening to their bodies and they're not they're not feeling that intuitive hit but i like the intuitive hit in combination with some sound principles. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise, it doesn't make sense. Well, I think, and so
0: for those that are listening, TA, transverses abdominals. And I remember being one of those people coming back, you know, I'd done all this ab work. I was so used to like the go for the burn. I have to feel my muscles really work. And I think for people, again, putting myself in that category, that I was used to that feedback for abdominals. So when you had me working on the transverse abdominals, I'm like, what? This is doing something? Because it's right. very subtle. And then, then, of course, I learned to appreciate and learn how to do it correctly. But it took some time not to try to get my obliques involved because I didn't really know how to find those subtle muscles. And then, you know, once we have that foundation, the transverse being the deepest layer of the anterior abdominals, then, you're like, yeah, you can build out. But when we don't have that foundation, it becomes almost all show like this is the rectus, this is the most su- superficial. So I think people are used to when they think core work used to like that burning feeling and that they're really doing something. And I think the TA doesn't give that feedback for people to recognize that it's doing something. What are your
1: thoughts? I absolutely believe that. One of the things in my new online course, by the way that I created for birth and, and wellness professionals, one of the things that I did was I incorporated a section on core work. And when I was doing this, I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to think like this is ridiculous, you know. Because, you know, you work with a lot of – there's a lot of wellness professionals out there and, and birth and coaches and et cetera. That they do go for the burn. Then maybe they are trained in a way that's not as subtle, right? So when I created this, 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 this module, I'm like, oh, my God, well, what do I teach so, there's still, still people can relate to the information. Now, I don't do any core exercises that involves lifting the head at all. Mm-hmm. So, that might be shocking for some people. Okay. I work through the legs, through the TA, and through motions of the hip. So, when I created this, this module, I'm like, okay, let me just add one little head lift so people don't go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But but you have to have that, that solid foundation. And then when I see a woman come in and they all want that line down the external <laughs> beak line, I'm like, and then you look at their abs because they're over engaging and, and I call this the piston effect. I'm sure you see this in class all the time where they almost have like a, 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 a like a, like sort of like a push down look mm-hmm. to the top of the abdominals. Mm-hmm. And I just tell them right away, I'm like, you're one step from prolapsing if you're not prolapsed already. Yeah. And it's from ink. Improper core, going for the burn, the obliques being too activated. The the internal obliques are completely shut down. They have no stabilization in the lumbar pelvic hip, hip area, and there's nothing to support the organs or the the, the because or the, the the rectus abdominis in place, mm-hmm. right? Because you need all that to you need the bones to work together too. So it was really interesting because I was like, okay, I got to create something because I want sensible core work but i don't want to take i don't want to be like okay it's my way or the highway i mean i I, you know you just it's different strokes for different folks but i have a a very firm belief that if we don't work from from in out it's like all healing occurs from from within right
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and that's what that muscle is about Absolutely, yeah. When we
0: do postnatal, they never lift their head. (laughs) I'm really like I do. I do uh, pelvic floor with their hips on a block so they can have a little lack of gravity so they can find their pelvic floor, and then I take it away and I do transverse, and then I do it together, and then I just do some leg stuff. But their head never comes off because you know, even though I check everyone, I don't know what they're going to be doing. You know, for diastasis, I don't know what they're going to be doing later, and I know they're carrying babies and they've got a lot. So I really try to create that foundation. And I think, yeah, as we mentioned, I think for so many people, we think core work and we just think if we're not feeling that serious burn, we're not doing anything. But I think that the TA is really kind of the key for that. So we digressed a little, let me pull us back in a little bit. So we've been talking about diastasis. One of the things I think People and again, I put myself in this category, may not think about if they have diastasis or an overly tight or unbalanced pelvic floor or a misaligned pelvis. How does that affect pregnancy and birth?
1: Well, actually, uh, you know, we, we just, I, we, I just did the Better Birth 360 Summit, and uh-huh. so I, I've been really, really all about pregnancy for the past, like, month and a half, mm-hmm. and I've been really thinking about things, and because that's what I do, you know, it's how, how do I make my work better? How do I bring the information out there that's accurate? Um, and, and to that end, it's all about creating this global language, you know, about understanding. And I find that when there's a lot of tonicity in the pelvic floor, when it's too tight, when the, pelvic, when the pelvis is misaligned, okay, mm-hmm. then, of course, there's going to be more difficulty. Mm-hmm. right? We need to have that fluidity in the pelvis to open, but we also need the alignment to maintain the pelvic outlet, the the opening. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we also need the muscles to be flexible. Mm-hmm. So I believe in the balance there of being flexible, but then having some strength and then it depends on how we're presenting. But I feel like that's when you have um, malpositions, you know, of the baby where second stage can be longer, or if you have a diastasis, then, the pushing phase can become um, not as effective because you're really not working from a strong center. Mm-hmm. So for me, I feel like if there's any of those things, one of the things that I would love to see is I would love to see all pregnant women go and 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 understand. And I, you know, I believe in I love yoga, so I'm a big thing about yoga. I love the 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 prayer squat. I think that's a really super important. Um, Pose for women, and if they can't get into it, then you know modify it with your yoga blocks and all that stuff and, and blankets, but I believe that there has to be that opening and that flexibility and when you know when they're all just doing Kigo Kigo kegel, kegel and they're kegeling themselves to death <laughs> um it's not gonna work there has to be a balance and and that's when I decided that you know what I need to create a global language and 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 that's been my mission, I think, for the past two years, is how do I get all of us to really have this beautiful communication? Because we do have Pilates, we have yogis, we have gyrotonics, we have bar, we have, oh, it goes on and on and on, as you know. So how do we get everybody on board? How do we all start to communicate? Like you and I, we have this deep sense of communication because we know about, birth and delivery and we've educated ourselves right Mm -hmm. and sometimes you need a little mentor you need someone to help so you have your teacher training and I have my uh, pelvicpainrelief.com and and I have my and now what I'm doing is like when I did the better birth one of the big things that I discovered was that my class was very specific and tailored I was creating a global language but I was only creating a global language for those who could do internal work Mm -hmm. and I said you know what This is not working because then I get all the doulas calling me for um, advice and, and you know, the Bradley people calling me hypnobirthing. And I'm like, oh, wow, I missed the boat a little bit. So what I did was, and and most of my exercises are all yoga based, by the way. I love that. Because I I love it so much. Right. I do. I love it so much. I can help myself. I love it. (laughs) And um, so I said, I want to create something for for, people. Fitness trainers, for yogis, they they can understand the pelvic floor as good as a pelvic floor physical therapist, and why not? Mm -hmm. Why should that knowledge be so guarded and secretive, you know? And it's been like that for many years where this language hasn't been put out there for everybody. And so then I did a whole 360 at the Better Birth 360, which I thought it was funny in a way, because... I, even my thinking was narrow. So I had an awakening. I had an awakening.
0: That's, that's great that you're starting to think about like how to give everyone the language. Cause I think people are kind of stuck with the idea of Kegel, Kegel, Kegel. We teach something. I don't even use the word Kegel anymore. I call it just pelvic balancing. Um, cause well, I like to, for you. You know, it took me some time to get there again. I think a lot of this really was a turning point when my son was born. Um, but yeah it's or you know it's all about having kind of a springy pelvic floor not too tight not too loose but i think yeah. we're in our culture we're all about the tight muscles super strong super tight and i don't think because i think because so many bodies are that way, babies become misaligned and then labor becomes harder. And then I'm wondering if that's why ours, it's so hard when babies misaligned and pelvis is misaligned and the ligaments are misaligned. And then mom's disappointed because she might've done a ton of work and research and education, but if baby's misaligned and it's a really tough birth, she may end up with a C-section and feel very defeated. So kind of my bigger picture, and I know this for you too, is that we give the women... As healthy of a body and baby as possible to make their birth functional and and happier. I mean, it's not gonna Absolutely. say it's easy. It's certainly not gonna. I can't promise an oh, easy birth. Can't easy. <laughs> that's for sure. But we I can both can... attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> but I but I hope and I know this is your work too that it creates a functional birth, and I yeah. think that's where a uh, a lot of some of these other types of activities. Lack And again, I'm not trying to pick on the other activities because I, I enjoy them, but I think when it comes to pregnancy, that the mindset needs to look at how am I going to best help this baby out of my body? What am, what activities am I doing to support that? And I know what you do really helps that.
1: Absolutely. And one <coughs> of the things that I do, and I'm probably one of the few physical therapists in New York City that does this, is I do <coughs> a lot of pelvic work in pregnancy. If, you know, with the, I'm under the guidance, of course, I have to be under the guidance of of a physician or a midwife mm-hmm. and that's okay because I just talk to them and if it's important for the woman we do it you know mm-hmm. it's because I believe in in that perineal massage I believe in in the birth squatting I believe in what I call the reverse Kegel mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and 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 so women are so afraid of being loose in their vaginas because we've had such a a, a mind game play with us You know, about, oh, we have a baby or we're in pregnancy, we're going to be really loose down there. We're not going to enjoy sex again. Everything's going to be like spacious. I mean, I hear all kinds of words from women used to describe their vaginas, and um, it, it sort of takes me aback sometimes. And I'm like, you know what? I mean, this is an issue of self love, and we have to fix this. And what's ironic is that most postpartum women who come to see me anyway, because of my specialty, they're not. You know, they all say I'm so big down there. I'm this and I'm that. And I'm like, I say, honey, I can barely fit my finger in your vagina. So, uh, I don't think you're big down there. Okay, we have an issue of hypertonicity that was probably created in the pregnancy, right? You know, and, and they don't. Sometimes they just look at me like I have three heads. Well, I think part of that
0: is because I think there's a misconception of if they have incontinence, you know, um, which happens a lot during pregnancy and postpartum, but that people think it's because they're too loose when actually they could be overly tight and that can create just as much, much incontinence. You know, so I think they're like, uh oh, I just laughed and peed, I better engage, 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 engage. So I think they're yeah. hypertonic as opposed to hypotonic where they might they might just assume I better squeeze it more. So I think there's uh, just kind of a, a society view of what happens.
1: It really is. And I think that when once this global language is created among us and not just uh, OBGYNs and midwives and physical therapists but we're creating this language among yogis and pilates and and all and the doulas oh my god they're right there man they they really they can change the world you mm-hmm. know um I believe that when that happens, then then when the when the women come to us and and we're working with them, so I believe that anybody who's working with a pregnant woman should probably take my class if, yes. they, if they know nothing about pelvic floor. Yes, because it's just going to help, and and I, I just want the best birth outcome because nothing breaks my heart more, to be honest with you, when I'm working with a postpartum postpartum mom, and she feels defeated. Yeah, and that breaks my heart, you know, because I'm like, damn. Somebody should have done something. Some we could have done something here, you know? Yeah. And then the the integrity of the family is is compromised because the mom has been compromised. And I really believe that the mom is like, you know, of course I'm a woman, of course I'm a sinner, but the mom is is the, is, the, is the thing, is the person is the is the pinnacle, you know, and if she goes down and she doesn't feel great about herself, you know, because of what happened at her birth. And we're dealing with a big issue here. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's a big I, issue. I see that a lot. So I wanted to ask a question about diastasis and post-baby. So what happens to mm-hmm. someone if they have diastasis post-baby? What does the road back look like from repair? Uh, at what point in is can someone's diastasis be so big that it's not able to be repaired with PT? Or is that even a situation?
1: Well, I mean, in all the years that I've... um a lot of women just don't like the way it looks. Let's face it; they just can't deal with the with the bulge and, and the 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 abdominals being stretched out. So if it's a mm-hmm. cosmetic thing, I get it. You know, oh, I hear you. You know what I mean? But listen, I had a woman who had five kids. She came to me. She was actually going to think about having a six, which I thought was <laughs> crazy. I was like, "Why?" You know? <laughs> and I could put my whole fist in her belly. Wow. Yeah, and I was like, "All right." Let's get to work. You know, I never once doubted that we couldn't close it. Never once. You know, because I believe that, you know, the, the person the, the person was helping to heal. Okay. Right? And that's all we do. We really, we're just the coaches. Really can determine, like, the outcome in a way. I mean, that's been proven. But in a way, it's kind of like I said, okay, I think we can do this. And I always give it my best shot, but I'm in partnership healthcare. I am not here to save anybody. You know, I'm going to show you how to how to save yourself. So if they're not willing to participate, and I mean heavy participate, if it's very big, then it's not
0: going to work. Well, is there any point where the linea alba is just so stretched out, there's no integrity, that even if they muscularly, when they work the muscle, and it fires up that the rectus comes together, but it just doesn't stay together because the linea alba just has nothing anymore?
1: It really depends. I use a lot of cold laser therapy. Uh-huh. So my co-laser therapy is really helping a lot of women with that. So I'm using a lot of photonic energy um, and a lot of plastic surgeons are using that too. I find that we can build the integrity back, but I usually work through the pelvic floor. Okay. Right? Can because you-, you can't work just to, to the through the core. you better got mm-hmm. to work... But if I find at a point that it can't be done, it can't be done, then she has to go and get two or three different opinions, and then she has to figure out what she wants to do. But me, I'm always a firm believer that, yeah, there's always, it really just depends on the symptoms. Mm-hmm. Let me put it this way. I've never lost someone to a surgery. Yeah, I'm going to say that because <laughs> it's true. Okay. I never have. I never have. And, and trust me, people come to me because they're trying to avoid a the surgery. They don't come to see me for anything else. Um, many times I see people who are, the, you know, at the end of their ropes. But when it comes to diastases, you know, the woman with the, I could put my fist yeah. in her belly. Uh-huh. That one, I, that one I question. <laughs> I, <was like, laughs> I was like, oh, wow. You know, I had to turn myself around and say, okay, let's get to it. And then set realistic expectations and goals. And I think that that's all we can do. And if those goals aren't are not met, then of course then we have to go to plan B. But did, I say you give it you give it your all. Did you I mean I don't know if
0: you want to talk about it anymore, but did were you able to help her lessen the diastasis? Absolutely,
1: we closed it. You closed it completely? Yeah, it took a long time. But that woman was dedicated. She wanted that next baby. And I'm like, you have no business getting pregnant like this. Uh-huh. You know, I mean you're going to suffer. I mean you will. If you have a diastasis that big And I've seen it in pregnancy when they come to me and it's very compromised. Uh And sometimes I have to give them that, you know, the pregnancy belt, that really crazy one that comes up and over the shoulders. Yeah,
0: sometimes I I call it the the, like the belly bra because yeah, it's the
1: belly bra exactly. (laughs) I sometimes I have to put a woman on that, and I'm like, wow. And then they're doing like all this different kinds of exercises with their personal trainers and and listen people love their personal trainers and sometimes somebody would be like personal trainer trumps the pt you know and i'm like i'm cool with that as long as your personal trainer is educated Mm -hmm. and understands the complexities and so i make the phone call and then we work together and we we help the individual you know move further into, into our healing, but
0: I think you're really taking a step beyond what a lot will do. Um, really putting your ego aside and saying, okay, you're going to the physical therapist and a PT and a trainer, then let's work together. And I don't know how many people take that next step. So I'm really happy to see you do that. Cause I don't know if oh, everyone... I do
1: it with everybody, anybody who wants to talk to me, why not? You know, I mean, because if we don't, then we're going to be battling with each other. So what would happen if someone doesn't realize they have a diastasis and they just never heal it? They're going to be symptomatic. Nobody escapes the symptoms of a of a, of a separation. Or maybe they're like, they're, maybe sometimes people say, "Well, I have a little back pain. I, I was pregnant, so I'll do, you know that's common." And and oh, I had a baby, and I had two babies, and I leak, and, and that's common. And oh, you know, I, I have a little bit of a waddle, and that no, no, it, just because something is common doesn't mean that it's that it's normal. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm trying to get into people's heads. There, there, there has to be, you 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 don't have to have pain to have dysfunction, and that really screws people up. Because they can't connect with that one, you know? I don't know if everyone relates to like, um, they might think, oh, I had
0: a baby, so this, and I think it's Julie Tupler who calls it the mummy tummy, has this little mummy tummy, doesn't think, oh, you know, maybe that's why I'm having some leaking or some back pain. I don't know if there's a correlation, if people get that.
1: If they read the research, they'll know that
0: that's true. True. But I don't know if everyone even understands that that little poochy belly is is a diastasis. They might just think, Oh, I never lost the baby weight.
1: Yeah, totally. A lot of women think that a lot. And I think through social media, I think it's becoming better. And at the same time, like you said before, worse, Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of people out there who are giving advice. I, you know, I follow certain people on my social media. I'm very active on social media because I'm all about this global language. And just this week, there were three posts that were inaccurate. And I'm like, what do I do about that? Yeah. You know, I don't want to call the person out. I don't believe in doing that in 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 public because then it's just like, oh, I'm better than her kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that, that I can instant message them and say, hey, listen, you know. You know, there's, there's this perspective and, and, and I'm going to send you a research and if you want to learn about it, it'd be great. And I'm willing to talk to you about it, you know, but to see that many posts, it makes me a little bit crazy. Yeah, like, it makes me crazy.
0: I know from, I sent you this picture. It was, uh, this woman who was very low body fat and she was very close to postpartum. I mean, maybe six, eight weeks. And she had a very sculpted, uh, post Uh, baby bod. But it was interesting because here she was showing off It was basically only her torso and chest and some of her hips, but she had an extremely visible diastasis. And part of it's because she was so uh, like no body fat and very sculpted abs, but you could see probably a good three inches around her navel had this massive... Mm -hmm gap. And I don't think that like, and there was all these uh, comments like, you look great. That's so awesome. Congratulations. And I think what's happening is people are thinking like, that's fantastic, but don't realize that this woman has a massive gap. And I'm kind of assuming that she probably did some stuff post during pregnancy that might not be so great for her. And yet oh, here sure. people are applauding her for this body she has now. And, you know, I think that there's, as you're saying, there's not a language or recognition that, um, that's a problem, that massive gap at the belly button. Even the belly button is even slightly pushing forward, which I would wonder if that's perhaps a hernia. Um, Probably a hernia for sure. That's what I was thinking. It looked a little bit like an umbilical hernia. Yeah. But yet there's this, again, this this admiration for what that body looked like postpartum. So I think there is a, I don't know what exactly how to articulate it, but that we're looking at the the surface of it, the aesthetics, the but not looking, it. Yeah. the aesthetics of it not being like, wait a second, let's take a closer look. And is this really good for this woman? Because knowing this woman probably has a hernia and obviously a diastasis, probably having problems. So maybe we shouldn't try to strive for that. That's when I just, it keeps coming up that I just feel we're setting ourselves up for disappointment and failure if we're trying to strive for something that's not necessarily good for us.
1: Absolutely, and the thing is, you know, I have some patients that I treat, and they come up to me and they're like, "Well, as long as I have a flat stomach, that's all I care about." I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Then we have to go into the education. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Listen, you have a diastasis. Is not I want to get rid of this that I say, "Yeah, but you, you have you have other things, you know, that mm-hmm. are going on, and it, it makes me crazy because here they are, they have a diastasis, and they think." Or they come in because they're leaking, right? And they ha- they say they they say my abs are perfect. I don't want you to touch them, and then I test them, and I'm like, no, your abs are not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> they're looking at me like what? And sometimes, you know, sometimes I'm like, listen, you come to me for an evaluation. You're gonna get you're gonna get the truth. I'm not gonna like, and I'm very gentle and I'm very nurturing and I love women. I've dedicated my whole life to women. You know, but sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, I said, going will step out the room, <laughs> I'm gonna come back and we're going to just like rewind it, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and you can just tell sometimes I get angry. And I just say, I know you're angry and I know you're upset because no one's explained this to you before. And sometimes I apologize on behalf of the community. And I do that sometimes for OBs, and I do it for midwives. And I, I just say, I am terribly sorry that this has been your journey. But now we're here. That's great. You know, yeah. Because somebody has to apologize to them. And I'm like, I it's not beyond me to apologize, for you know. Yeah. Sometimes for my own PTs, I have to apologize. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I apologize. I. Uh, we should know better. Well, I think you what know? people don't think about also is that if
0: there's weakness in the TA and weakness in the pelvic floor, as women age, and especially when they hit menopause and there's a hormonal change that's when they're also going to start to see some big problems too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember hearing that. I think this uh, someone said the hormonal level of the postpartum body is very similar to that of the menopausal body, the drop of estrogen. And I'm like, well, that's just frightening. So we better get everything balanced before then.
1: No, it is. And the thing is, and, and breastfeeding also mm-hmm. throws you into yeah, a lack pseudo-menopausal of state. Yeah. yeah, The muscle tone. And so, yeah, absolutely. So you have to work a little harder you know yeah in the in the postpartum period because of that big drop in in the hormones Mm -hmm. and and sometimes the vagina becomes atrophic like if you're breastfeeding you know and I'm talking about one year two years three years I mean I get patients that are breastfeeding for three four years and they're having vaginal issues and sometimes I'm like you may need a little bit of estrogen Mm -hmm. or something to replenish the tissue because of the the low level of of estrogen, yeah. Of estrogen, yeah, in the system. Well, are some women more prone to pelvic floor
0: issues and diastasis than others? Is it like people that are overly flexible or uh, anything they do in their lives, whether it be sitting at a desk and maybe they're hyper hypotonic or people that are super athletic? I know we've had a lot of um, professional ballerinas come to the studio and they tend to have really, really tight pelvic floors. Are there some women
1: that are more prone to these issues? Absolutely. I think... Um pregnant women for sure but that's the most obvious one right um i think one of the things that we don't think about are the are the athletes i mean i treat a lot of ballerinas you know from from all these different organizations and they come and they're very tight mm-hmm. and i treat a lot of marathon runners oh yeah and they're, they're, so and they're
0: back at, and butt must be super tight
1: oh my god but then they're prolapsing too and they haven't even had kids yet oh and they're prolapsing. And that's what's crazy. And I have some crazy stats about, about athletics because um, I just gave a webinar and I'm doing another webinar that's coming up soon about how to train the pelvic floor, you know. And just a, 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 you know, big webinar and then, you know, to just do the global language thing. And 34% of female athletes have um, in. in Incontinence, And I think another 28 or 25% have anal incontinence. Wow. That's because they're, a they're a young so population. hyper, they're so hypertonic. I think they're hypertonic. But at the same time, a lot of people forget that one of the functions of the pelvic floor is stability. Uh-huh. So if they're like jamming on their bodies all the time and they're gripping, right, which I would assume they are. Mm-hmm. They're so hypertonic that they lose that function mm-hmm. of stability. So they have a higher rate of injury. Mm-hmm. And then this hypertonicity, like you said before, which really hit home, to leak, you don't have to be weak. I know,
0: but I think that's what everyone thinks. They're like, oh, no, I'm leaking. Squeeze, 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 squeeze. And,
1: and, then, it them to, and then the coaches are telling them to squeeze because they don't know any better. Yeah. You know? And it becomes like this craziness and it becomes a lifetime of an issue for these young yeah. athletes. And I'm like, oh, wow, we really got to help them too. Yeah. Because they're not talking about it. No, that definitely talk about <laughs> I'm, sure it. They're, I'm sure it's an <laughs> they're embarrassing. Like, yeah, it's very embarrassing. And I would like to see women in mommy's groups just talk about it all the time. We in talk pregnancy. about it, about it, people oh, that, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's
0: one of my favorite topics. I'm like, let's talk about your pelvic floor. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about how springy it
1: should be. Not overly tight, not overly loose. That's oh. amazing. It's a good work. I mean, it's a good work. I mean, because, you know. If women's vaginas are not like feeling their best, we're, I mean, that's the first chakra. Let's talk about the energetics oh, yeah. behind it. It's going to throw I mean, everyone. Yeah. It's,
0: yeah. It's everything. It's, it's everything? that root it's, chakra. It's,
1: oh, yeah. Muladhara. It's, yeah. For, for real, you know?
0: Stability. So, yeah. If we yeah. don't have our stability, then the rest of everything's just thrown off a bit. So uh, first of all, thank you so much for talking and giving us your incredible wisdom. Where can people find you and
1: what are you working on now? Oh, perfect. Um, well, first of all, I want to tell you thank you, because I think that this is a super important topic to cover. And that when you asked me to do this thing, I was so happy. So I want to express my gratitude. Thank you. That's the first thing I want to do, because I think you do the good work and you're always out there on the front lines. And I really appreciate people who are really willing to put themselves out there. You well, know? back at you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. And what I've done is I've created um, a whole new online training school, which, you know, is about to launch and I've been doing some soft launch, some soft launches. And this um, it's called pelvicpainrelief.com. And I created that because I wanted um, to create a different kind of educational portal for everyone who works with women. Not just the physical therapists and the midwives and the OBs. There's a track for them. But then, like I said, after I had this awakening, you know, you think you're awake and then something happens and you get slapped and you wake up again. Um, I said, I want to create something for the doulas, for the yogas, yogi people. I want to create something for Pilates, for the trainers. Anybody who basically is working with a woman and it's all about the pelvic floor. And I do a whole module on pregnancy. A whole module. Oh, well, I can't wait to see this! I can't wait yeah, to yeah, check it out. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you uh, dibs and for sure, <laughs> and and then I, I talk about dynamic stretching, you know, for the pelvic floor muscles, which is a whole other way. And one of the things that I do for this particular class is because most people, what I realized, cannot go inside the vagina to find out what's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, okay. So what I did is I created a whole new approach, and I really had to sit there and think about this. And like, well, how can I tell what's going on inside? without going on inside, mm-hmm. right? So then I created this little approach using a lot of yo- different yoga exercises, by the way, to facilitate people understanding how they can do a prescription for a pelvic health program. or You call it pelvic balancing? Yeah. I love that. For a pelvic balance program. And I said, I hope with this information that more individuals are going to be helped. And the more that all of us are communicating together the more we can be like this 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 light of protection for the women yes so they can
0: have more functional births and happier postpartum
1: oh oh, absolutely yeah oh after after 12 years of doing this you know i think i've heard everything and sometimes i still hear things to shock me Mm -hmm. and i always feel like damn there, there was a way to prevent that somebody along the way could have said something done something but only if they had known. Yeah. So we can't, you know, this, the education out there is not what it should be. So that's a big issue. So that's what I'm doing. And I'm working with that and and, and, and just working with the online thing. I really love it because anybody can do it from any place, anywhere, office, home. And for those in the New York area, where can they find you? They can find me at um, Renew Physical Therapy um, RenewPT.com. So I do work there. And they can go see Uh, you. And while they're there, they can go see Randy, Randy Jaffe. (laughs) Absolutely. And the thing is with that, it's kind of like, I mean, it may be hard to get in. (laughs) It's true. But you just get yourself on the list.
0: Yeah. You get a little PT, get a little Webster technique. Boom, that baby's going to pop right out. Pop right out.
1: And the one thing that I really love about, um, doing what I'm doing now is just that I just feel really free in my work mm-hmm. you know because now I have students in my school and so this information is getting out there so I'm really really happy for women all over I mean I have students in Ireland and in Saudi Arabia I have a student I have a student in Minnesota I mean all these different places that really need to work and I was so excited when I saw that Oh,
0: good. so
1: that that's my thing that's what I'm doing now and I'm really excited about it and And I'm hoping just to focus on the teaching is what I'm going to do. I'm not you know, exactly It's spring chicken anymore. There's well, all this younger is people, younger people that can take over what I do.
0: Well, all this is fantastic. So I'm going to put all this on our show notes and I wanted to thank you again for taking the time to speak with me. I think what you have to offer is really helpful for the women out there and for the partners to hear, to understand what their, what their sure. partners are going through. So I want to, uh, just wish you a and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. All right. Take care. Namaste. Namaste. Bye.